Before we get too deep into this season, I wanted to make sure you and I have a good baseline for creating content and engaging with the audience. Taylor Walden, the content strategist for GiveWP, does a fantastic job of this. We talk about how Give is expanding their niche and why creating the right content is crucial for them to reach the right people. This is a must listen for anyone who's creating content for their small business, no matter what they do. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that today? My guest is Taylor Walden. She's the content strategist at GiveWP. Taylor, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you about our topic, which is uh, getting audience engagement. I don't feel it's something I'm particularly good at, and I'm excited to learn. Uh, But let's start at the beginning. And why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, I am the content strategist at GiveWP. Um, I started out as a content writer about two years ago, a little bit over. And um, pretty much the rest is history. It's WordPress history, actually. Um, I like (laughs) fell in headfirst from my first WordCamp, got into GiveWP, spoke at a ton of WordCamps. And um, as I've gone through like my career path with Give, I've learned a ton about um, not just like content marketing, but plug-in content marketing and the, the WordPress ecosphere because it's very, very different from any other type of marketing that I've ever done before, um, but also very similar. So it's been a wild ride. Awesome. Yeah. And so that's really interesting. I've noticed that the WordPress community in general feels a little bit different from other groups. So uh, I know like we didn't talk about this beforehand, but you mentioned that um, like marketing in WordPress is a little different. Uh, can you elaborate on that? Because I, again, I kind of struggle with marketing to the WordPress community. So any any tips that could help me would be amazing. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's. I think I bring kind of a different perspective too because I came from mm-hmm. the outside to the inside. Um, but we actually have been struggling with this, like full transparency at Give is getting beyond the WordPress community because we've been so great at that part. So, um, I think when it comes to WordPress, it's really honestly about actually being involved in the community. Um, and I think you do a great job of that because I've seen you at like WordCamps and things. Um, and I think that's how we met. So, um, WordCamps honestly, I think have been key with WordPress Um, And then Twitter, which sounds like so backwards in today's world, because when I approached marketing two years ago, when I was starting at Give, I was like, I hate Twitter. But that is where (laughs) (laughs) WordPressers live, talk, communicate. And like there can be a billion Slack channels, but Twitter is where everybody comes together like a giant WordCamp. So I've noticed that that actually involving yourself in conversations is really important versus posting because um, we'll go through slumps that give and um, slumps in terms of social media. And Mm -hmm. we'll look at our Twitter feed. We'll look at our Facebook feed and we're like, we're posting the same amount. What's different? Well, we didn't participate in this Twitter chat this week or we weren't involved in this WordCamp this summer. Um, Uh. And that's been really key. But we found ways to compensate for that, especially with no WordCamps right now. 
but I guess my main point is that you have to actually be involved in the community and that's the biggest part. So I think that give has really benefited from that. Cause I know that Devin, Jason and Matt have all just like been great at networking through the WordPress community and they came from there in the first place. So, um, that's been awesome. And expanding beyond that has been a really great learning experience for everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. And that's, I mean, it, you're absolutely right. WordCamps are huge. I i have been going for a long time and, and I attribute um, my success to that. But getting involved in conversations on Twitter is something that never really occurred to me because I just view Twitter like, if YouTube comments were a separate thing like that, that is Twitter. Uh, so like, it's like, there's a lot of good, but um, there's a, a lot of, a, a lot of bad. In fact, I was like watching probably a mutual friend that we have get trolled by some idiot today. And uh, I didn't say anything cause um, I don't know how that will help. So it, it, it doesn't help to feed the trolls, yeah. but we actually, yeah. so at give, we, we started um, our new community outreach coordinator, I think I said that properly. Um, mm. He started a collection of our favorite trolling tweets because, you know, we're give, we're going to get trolls on our ads and things like that. So we yeah. get tons of that too. Um, and it's definitely all about tuning it out. Don't feed awesome. the trolls. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so that's, that's fantastic. And it, it probably lays some good groundwork for what we're going to talk about today, which is audience engagement. So um, you said that you came from outside the WordPress community. And I know that there's a lot of, there's a lot of other stuff that you might do, right? I was checking out your website and stuff like that. So um, what is, what is your pre WordPress background and, um, uh, and, and what's the kind of stuff that you like to do professionally as far as marketing and content goes? Um. I kind of have the classic failed writer story. I got into marketing in college as a backup option because I wanted to be a writer. Um, I did. I had no idea they would go hand in hand eventually. Um, that was like the beginning of content marketing as a industry. Um, yeah. So my first ever project as an, a marketer was a blog, um, and from there it kind of went onward. But as far as like my side projects go, I really only have courses now available on my site, which I totally failed to keep up or add more to because I'm just so busy and I've pretty much done away with freelance work except for creative writing. Um, I'll totally consult with somebody, but I'm not going to lie. I hiked my prices up because I just don't have time for it. Um, but before I was working with give and in the WordPress community, I worked with WordPress and I was a content writer for a marketing company and I was a copywriter and I was a social media manager and I did all of those other things. And I, I used WordPress all the time, but I had no idea the community was there or how these companies even became WordPress companies. Um, so going to that first WordCamp was like an eye opener. And then from there, I think it took me about probably a year to actually fully understand the community, even though I was like totally involved in it. Yeah, I think I think that makes a lot of sense. And and you know, like I said earlier, I've kind of always been in the WordPress community. I've been using WordPress since like 2004. So, uh that has um you know, kind of affected my view on the community versus outside the community and things like that. So, it's really cool to see kind of somebody getting in from the outside and and seeing uh exactly how it works and and how that kind of affects 
your your work because Give is doing a really, I think, a really great job of supporting the community, putting out really great content. I had uh, Matt and Devin on the show uh, like three years ago. I think they were like up around episode 50 or something like that. So Yeah, I think we still um, share that sometimes. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, that was a really fun episode. So um, it's, it's really cool to, to see, you know, how well Give in general is doing. Today's episode is brought to you by Smile and their product, Text Expander. Save time typing and boost your productivity with Text Expander. You know I'm all about automation and Text Expander is a great way to get started with automation. It allows you to create your own snippets for repetitive text you tend to use everywhere. Add the text, create a snippet, and boom, save precious time and keystrokes. One of my favorite snippets is for my address. So instead of typing out my full address and risking typos, I simply type dollar sign A-D-D-R and Text Expander does the rest, filling in my full address for me. I also have snippets for my street, my city, and my zip code. But that's not all Text Expander does. With its advanced snippets, you can create fill-ins, pop-up fields, and more. You can even use JavaScript or AppleScript. Another one of my favorite and most used snippets is when I type PPT. That will take whatever text I have on my clipboard and convert it to plain text. So I'm no longer fighting formatting when I copy from a Word document, a Google Doc, or a plain HTML page, like a website. I also use it for common links, email messages, which I can completely customize with fill-ins and drop-down menus, and even date calculations. I'm currently writing a book, and Text Expander has been instrumental with that. Text Expander is available on macOS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. So pretty much anywhere you do computing. If you've been curious about trying Text Expander or automation in general, now's the time. As a listener, you can get 20% off your first year. Just visit textexpander.com podcast and let them know how I built it sent you. That's textexpander.com podcast for 20% off your first year. And now back to the show. Let's talk about kind of your your content strategy and then we'll talk about engagement. Are there like certain things that you know, do you, we've got to put out a video every week or we've got to put out a blog post every other day. Like what's, what's your strategy look like? Um, this is probably the most fun topic to talk about right now because mm-hmm. we're in the middle of transitioning our marketing department to grow with the company because I don't know if you've noticed, but Give has grown immensely over the last year. We hit 90,000 active installs. Mm. And as a marketing team with one writer, it's been tough. (laughs) But um, it's, we approach it so, let me back up. Um, We approach it kind of from the beginning. So when I came in to give, Matt, Matt and I kind of like butted heads on which pieces would have the most engagement. And I really think that it depends on the audience you're targeting them to because like all of our pieces have engagement with the right audience. Mm -hmm. Um, And then recently, like I said, we're trying to transition our engagement from WordPress to with the broader nonprofit community so that we get a bigger name than just with WordPress because, um, you know, there's only so many people that know WordPress that you can reach with that. Um, And so now we're kind of 
focusing away from tutorial and product-oriented things where WordPressers might be looking for that functionality to the benefits and what people are looking for problem-solving within the fundraising community. So it's kind of like... um, Cameron Jenkins tweeted about this yesterday, I think. She said that she listens to customer phrasing with their customer support calls to find out what terminology they're using. Um, And that's something I kind of do too. I listen to what our customer support, um, our customer success and tech support teams say our customer concerns are and common questions. And then I go into like search console and I figure out what similar terminology people are using to search and find our website because that's going to be different data than I'm getting from Keyword Planner. And 90% of the time, most of those words don't show up in Keyword Planner. But I'm getting mm. clicks from them on Google, through, and I can see that in Search Console. So I use all of that to kind of build a, a, like an empathetic mindset, if that makes sense, and figure out what people are actually looking for. Um, for example, I noticed that our, our brand searches and WordPress-oriented searches stopped fitting the community uh, standards for WordPress mm-hmm. terminology. So WordPress capital P, dang it. Um, yeah. like we, we were getting searches that are like donation plugin, um, just like weird phrasing. And so I started noticing yeah. that instead of like the specific WordPress phrasing, we're getting more broad and general phrasing. So I realized we have expanded past our WordPress community and we're reaching people who don't really know what WordPress is, but they want give totally different, you know, search intent. They've got to be introduced to WordPress now too. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And that like two minutes is like worth <laughs> like the whole episode. Like if you stop listening now, which you definitely shouldn't, uh, you have gotten a lot of value because listening to customer phrasing, I think is is something that I learned very recently and constantly need reinforcement on. So like, thank you for reinforcing that um, because it's it's true. You want to use the words that your customers are using because those are the words that your customers are ultimately searching, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's really evident when you read, uh, and I'm completely guilty of this, when you read uh, like a software products copy and you could tell it was written by the developer, like we used PHP and React and like no one cares about that at all. I uh, like, have that struggle so, all the time with our developers and with Matt yeah. and Devin and I'm like, nobody cares. And they're like, we care. And I'm like, we need a developer blog. We have one, by the way. But um, nice. it's just so I funny because that's that. such a common problem in all of software. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like the the exciting thing, right? It's like for the developer, it's like we look at this thing that I built in React and maybe I even learned React to build this. But like your customer, like you said, wants a solution, right? That's why my podcast course was called like build your WordPress, build your podcast website with WordPress. And uh, Chris Lemma was like, no one cares if it's WordPress. Mm-hmm. That's like saying build your shed with a black and decker drill. Like you don't care about the drill. You just want to build your shed. Um, right. And you want it so, to be fast and easy. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So um, just to, to reinforce kind of your workflow here that I wrote down, uh, you listen to customer phrasing mostly from your support team, and then you search for similar phrasing in, in your search, in like the Google search console, right? Mm-hmm. And then you, you come up with content, I guess, based on the most popular searches in general, or the most popular searches that like don't yield a result yet, or what's that kind of like? 
that's a little bit more of an art than a science. It kind mm-hmm. of depends. So if you're getting tons of impressions but no clicks, it might be that um, people are looking for that, but you don't have the right page or your meta description's wrong. Um, and that's it, you have to look at your site and the pages that they're hitting and determine that. Um, or maybe you're getting tons of clicks, but your bounce rate's super high and then, you know, your ranking is falling. You need to figure out what you put on that page that people are not finding that they wanted Mm. to find. Um, so it's kind of like you have to look at the page, look at the data, and then even search Google and keyword planner and cross-reference with other things. Um, I found some topics that way where I didn't realize that, um, somebody was searching for like a donation database. Um, you'll notice in the next few days, we're going to publish a new page on our site about the donation database. And, um, it was one of those things where I was searching through search console and looking at our terminology and some of the requests from customers about, um, connecting with a CRM and they're looking for a donation database. They're not looking for all the other terminology that we were trying to use. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just really interesting to, to take it from that approach and like tweak our, our page, but each page is different. And so that kind of makes it hard to pinpoint what you do. Interesting. And I'm, I'm like a little relieved to hear that because I'm like, I, you know, if it's more than of an art than a science, I just need to get better at the art. However, you would do that. Um, real quick, donation database, is that like a list of possible donors or a list of people who have donated before or none of the above? Donated before. So with okay. give, when like somebody gives, you know, it creates the database of donors and donation history um, mm-hmm. for reporting. And uh we have built-in like donor notes, but you can take that database and export the data or use Zapier to put it into like Salesforce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, very important to nonprofit organizations because that's the list of people that they're going to hit up next year or whatever, right? Or right. next fundraiser. So yeah. Um, again, that's super interesting. Yeah, really cool. Also, side note, I totally didn't even think of this as an example, but. Donation form templates was something that people were searching for and looking for and asking for and for years. And that didn't just like inform our SEO on our site or our content, but we actually just released donation form templates because of the terminology that people were using and like realizing what they were looking for. Because we considered Give as a form template, but they mm-hmm. didn't. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah, so, and so you figured out the term that they were using and then kind of renamed your... Uh, well, or not, but you released a new feature oops. with that name, right? Yeah, introduced a new feature. So a different type of form that really is a template, and we're going to add more. Um, but I, it was just so interesting to me that the same terminology that I was coming up with in my you know, research was something that d- like informed our product direction. Um, and that's been coming down the line for years, but I've even just noticed that as I dig more into our core pages and our SEO, that templates was something that we really needed. Um, and that's something that we talked about for a long time and then it became part of the product roadmap and, um, it's pretty cool. That's fantastic. And as we record this today, um, the new version of give is out. Is that right? Does it come it out is, today? It came out today. Nice. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, I'll be sure to link everything that we're talking about, but to it's 2.7, right? 2.7. Yes. And cool. we'll, uh, so, go ahead. Oh. I will link to um, 2.7, uh, the announcement in the show notes over at howibuilt.it. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Um, so this is this is great. Um, we, so we have a uh, some things that we can do to come up with our strategy. And then 
kind of figuring out what content to write, more of an art than a science. Once you figure out that content, how do you get people to engage with it? Are they engaging on different social channels? Do you have like clear calls to action? What what does that look like? So it definitely depends on the type of content. Again, um, if it's a tutorial, we're going to focus that heavily on like our Facebook community group because that's the users that we know already use Give and would love that. Um, our newsletter responds pretty well to tutorials because most of them are Give users. So we make sure that we send out the right content to the right channel um, and then share it at the right time. So like we'll write Give stories about customers who use Give in our fundraising, which are normally more about their cause than about give being used. Sometimes it's a little Mm -hmm. bit the opposite. Um, But those are great for weekend shares and engagement. Um, So in addition to like scheduling them on the right channels and at the right time, like I said, you have to get involved in the conversation. So I'll seek out Twitter chats um, specifically to see if there's a way I can sneak in a link to a blog article. Nice. Don't tell anybody. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Your secret's safe with all of us. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks. Um, but yeah, like things like that or just um, using listening tools to keep, tune in on that topic and see if there's another way to sneak in the link. Um, I've also noticed that instead of just posting from the brand, we use our employees a lot like brand ambassadors. And so when I share something I wrote or when Michelle shares something she wrote or Ben, it gets tons of engagement. And most of the time, our top social media posts or mentions are from employees. Um, because it, our team give is really a brand ambassador atmosphere for give, which is pretty awesome in terms of content strategy, because without that, it's very difficult to build that type of engagement. Um, but it's interesting because like, we don't all just engage with give or each other will mention give and other people will engage. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's kind of good to just build that atmosphere within your team or, like affiliate community, because I know tons of people have affiliates, um, give incentives for sharing or engaging. I don't know. Um, yeah. But really finding social proof to get people involved and break that boundary of like silence. Yeah, this is I, this is great. Um, also, you, I, you made me realize that I think I've interviewed like half of your team on this show. Um, uh, including Ben and Allie. Allie is also <laughs> part of Give, right? She left not too long ago for WP Buffs, but okay. um, yeah, we're still good friends. She's still an awesome um, brand ambassador of Give. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, so um, I'll have to get Michelle on the show now too. I've been on hers. So I was uh, going to say, haven't haven't you been on her show? You should definitely get Michelle on here. She, I know, get her back on. Yeah. She so. is the Wonder Woman of WordPress. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, so I, I, I like what you said about uh, engaging with your affiliates too, because again, that's something that I personally don't feel like I do well. Um, I definitely don't like communicate with them as often as maybe I should. I just told them about po- like podcast lift off my course, but uh, they didn't know it was coming unless they were on my regular mail li- mailing list. So uh, I'm, I, again, that's another thing I, I want to be better at and, and I, it, it helps. It seems like it really helps, right? Uh, name yeah. recognition and, and getting the word out. It does. Um, we recently just started paying way more attention to our affiliate program and trying to facilitate that engagement. And it's been really paying off. Um, just, it doesn't even really matter what kind of content we send them. Anytime we send them a newsletter, 
and let them know what's going on or give them more tools to promote give, we've noticed that it'll at least increase engagement from affiliates that week, if not sales. Usually it does increase sales from affiliates. And um, with the 2.7 release, we talked about sending out like topics and ideas for them to talk about give with because it's a major feature update that they can use for content marketing on their own sites. So um, I think that that almost hand-holding like support, it seems like hand-holding to us, but it's really great for affiliates. Um, Also helps because it gives you backlinks to those key pieces that you need. um, And it helps you ask them to share the things that you want shared the most. Yeah, that's, I keep saying that's fantastic, but I don't know what else to say here. Because I mean that, that, uh, again, the, the, what you said might be handholding is just making the affiliates job easier, right? Like you, you could just say, Hey, I have a product out, go check it out and share it. But Something that I did that I know at least a few of my affiliates appreciated was I put together a whole Google Drive folder for them with images and a document of stuff that they could say and like tweets and quotes. You might have inspired us to do something like that. We looked at tons of different things like that and we were like, we need to do this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, fantastic. Um, I stole it from Erin Flynn, friend of the show, Erin Flynn. because she she does that for all of her affiliates, and I'm on her affiliate list. Uh, we're in a mastermind group together, so I like to uh, kind of keep tabs on what everybody's doing, so we could talk about it. But yeah, the especially like she, I think, sends out a specific document with like just tweets that you could copy and paste with your affiliate link. So I you know, I thought that wow. was really cool, and again, makes the affiliates job easier, right? I can just copy something from the doc and. Tweet away. I don't even have to think about writing a tweet. So that's awesome. I'm wondering, this might be sidetracking, but I'm wondering if you've had any experience with affiliates who use um, CBC and search ad marketing instead of content marketing. Um, I do not. The first time I heard about this was I think people were doing it for Basecamp like mm. back in the day. Like they were doing like paid ads with their affiliate link. That's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is this something that you've experienced? We have a few that do that. And I've just noticed that it's, then when they do it right, it's really (laughs) great for them. Um, Wow. And so I was wondering if anybody else has had that experience. Because we've talked about sharing some of our search console data to give them better, like, insight um, on what terms people find our site with. Uh, So it was just a thought that went across my mind because we haven't done that yet. But I didn't know if that would be something... An affiliate like that would even need or want. Yeah, that's that's really interesting because I think that uh, affiliate. This is a small sidetrack, but I think it's super interesting. Um, affiliate marketing in general, I think, is tough for a lot of people unless they're like doing it all the time. Mm-hmm. So i I can say like I probably wouldn't take out ads, but like if if an affiliate program was like killing it for me, um, like my number one affiliate program is Amazon because it's just really easy to drop in Amazon associate links places. Um, But I don't know. It's, I don't have a complete thought here. I just think that's really interesting because you could see the investment paying off, right? Especially if, if it's a good payout, if you're paying like 25 or 50 cents per click and you're making 10 or 20 bucks on an affiliate sale. Yeah. It was new to me. I had never seen it until the last few months. And I was like, that's smart. <laughs> so so that's, I mean, that's cool. Because that's another way that 
people are engaging with your content, right? I mean, people who mm-hmm. are literally willing, willing to spend some money um, <laughs> yes. to promote your content. Tons of traffic so. to our site, tons of traffic. Um, yeah. But as far as engaging too, like we, they do share more things on Twitter when we send those things out. So um, it, it does help a lot to have that affiliate program going strong. This episode is brought to you by iThemes. Did you know that 60% of website breaches occur because a vulnerability could have been patched but wasn't? That means having software with known vulnerabilities installed on your site gives hackers the blueprint they need to take over your site. Every day, it gets harder and harder to keep track of every disclosed WordPress vulnerability. You have to compare that list to your plugins and themes by version and make sure you're constantly updating. To solve this problem, the iThemes Security Pro plugin created a better way to protect your sites against software vulnerabilities, the number one culprit of WordPress sites. The new improved WordPress security site scan powered by iThemes performs automatic checks for known website vulnerabilities and automatically applies available fixes so you don't have to. Whew, that's some peace of mind. And I could speak personally to this because as somebody who has repaired hacked websites, I know that it could be costly and dangerous to lose information, especially when it's personally identifiable. So iTheme Security Pro also includes a ton of other features to help you keep the bad guys out. Brute force protection, two-factor authentication, passwordless logins, and compromised password protection. Plus a whole lot more to keep you safe. If you want to start securing your sites today, head over to howibuilt.it slash iThemes to get the best WordPress security plugin to secure and protect WordPress iThemes is giving How I Built It listeners a 20% discount by using the code HowIBuiltIt at checkout. Again, that's HowIBuilt.it slash iThemes. That's HowIBuilt.it slash I-T-H-E-M-E-S. And use the code HowIBuiltIt at checkout for 20% off. And now, back to the show. As we come to the, the kind of back end of the conversation here, uh, you've mentioned like Google Search Console a couple of times and Keyword Planner. Uh, are there other uh, tools that help you? That help you? You know, we have we've had um, Ahrefs as a sponsor on this show before, and I got to use it for a while, and it was super interesting. Um, but is there are there any other kind of tool recommendations that you have for people listening? Um, I've never used Ahrefs, but I'm going to check it out now. Um, Uber suggest. Uh, by Neil Patel starts free and it's really great to kind of get that insight into how you're performing with search and comparing to competitors. Um, I've used that in conjunction with, oh my gosh, what's it called? Oh no, I'm forgetting. There's another website that I was using that would give me like uh, page errors um, and like low content counts and things like that. So I was using Uber suggest to, to kind of get keyword data and main search console errors and compare to like competitors. And then there's this other tool that I'm totally blanking on. I want to say it has King in the name, um, <laughs> that would show me like page by page errors and could track the changes so that I could see, um, what the content was before and after. Um, and that one, I think 
the free one was pretty limited, but it was really powerful. Both of them are super powerful. Interesting. Yeah, I'll um I'll see if I can find that other tool to link in the show notes because I I I wish I knew. I wish I could help you out there, but yeah, I, can't. I, I I can ask uh, Matt Cromwell later. He, okay. he pointed it pointed me to it in the first place, um, and I'll, I'll send that to you. I can't remember. I can't believe I'm blanking on that. <laughs> it's cool. It's been a long year. Content king. <laughs> Content king. Content king. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, I will link that in the show notes as well. Um, this is this. That's fantastic. And so, um, just to kind of sum everything up because there was a lot of information here and I want to try to give listeners and myself uh, a, a kind of a clear action plan, right? So um, if somebody doesn't have the customer support that Give has, what do you recommend for figuring out what terms their, their potential customers are using? Um, if you're not already using Search Console so you don't have that insight, start with Google and search what you would think of and then look at what other people are asking. And then also like they have the related questions towards the top of the search. And then at the very bottom, they have related search terms and they're different. One is questions and one is terms. So you can kind of take both and form like a cluster of what you think is most relevant. Yeah. Um, and just keep searching through all until you've exhausted all those options. And then just put that in keyword planner and see what the volume is on all that. Um, I've also used Google Trends, but it's much more broad and less easy to find that type of stuff. Gotcha. That's great. Um, because then this is helpful as far as, you know, like I've heard like reach out to your customers and I have interviews with them. But like if you don't, if you're just like starting nowhere, um, start with Google Google Search Console. I think that's great. Yeah. Or honestly, if you're starting from nowhere, look at all of your biggest competitors. Like what mm-hmm. company do you want to beat out of? their position in the internet. Like what position do you want to take? And then look at what they're ranking for, what they're targeting and sorry, but steal it. Yeah. I'm why reinvent the wheel. Right. Um, yeah. I, I've, I mean, I've done the same thing, right. If I'm, if I can't find the right words or if I want to make sure I'm like not way off, I'll look at other competitors. And um, of course I'm not just like copying and pasting their, their text, but I am getting an idea for the words that they're using. And then I know how to differentiate myself too, you know, as far as why should they buy from me instead of them? Yeah. Like for example, Give has a massive competitor that I won't name, but we had, we were not, we didn't have a fundraising category on our blog and they did. And that I was like, that is a huge search term. Why don't we have that? And that just like clicked in my mind that we need that. Um, and it was the easiest thing, but it was because I looked at a competitor site and it wasn't that I stole anything from them. It was that I realized we were missing a category that was major. Yeah, right. And you think that's a good idea. You know, yeah. it, that's, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Worked um, out really well too. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. That's great. And then the other thing I, I want to kind of reinforce here is your move from the WordPress community to the broader nonprofit community, because I think this is, um, you know, I know a lot of people listen are probably from the WordPress community, uh, but I've done something similar on this podcast where I was very focused on WordPress developers at first, and then I've moved to the broader small business owner category, mm-hmm. talking to people who are 
like me where I'm at, right? I'm asking you a lot of questions for me, but I know that the people listening are also having the same struggles. Um, so aside from a, a broader audience, do you think that, and this is like very opinion-y, so feel free to answer however you want. Um, do you think, what big value points do you see in, in going from WordPress to trying to appeal to a broader audience? Um, well, especially with like, well, not even just nonprofits, but with any organization, a business, a nonprofit, a bureaucracy, anything, um, most of the time they're coming into it with an idea of what they need or what benefits they want out of it. Um, they may or may not have WordPress already, but given the fact that WordPress powers almost 40% of the internet, it's a good chance that they do. Um, and so just the people who already know WordPress give is synonymous with a donation plugin pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um, and even for that 10% that doesn't know give as the donation plugin of WordPress, basically, um, of the WordPress community, that's not worth our 80% of like effort to breach that 10%. Now we really want to focus on that like broader community that uses WordPress doesn't really even know that they use WordPress, but they want to do online donations. They just know that they have a website somewhere on some thing that they open occasionally. Right. Um, Right. Which it just, and I know that sounds like, uh, we've saturated our WordPress share, but I don't, I think that that's kind of true as far as like charity and online donations goes, because, you know, we're not regular e-commerce. We can't hit the like 900,000, active installs without reaching that broader community because um, there are new people coming into WordPress every day. And especially now with COVID, um, we're reaching beyond nonprofits even to creators and um, small businesses who just moved to e-commerce and might need to tip their employees because, you know, you can add a tip jar or um, things like that. So now we're kind of reaching into like out of our, our, baby steps, I guess. And so yeah. it's less about getting outside of the WordPress community as getting brand recognition with the fundraising community because that is who we are. We want to be the democratization of generosity for more than WordPress, for all of fundraising. Yeah, I I, I think that's perfect, right? You start with kind of the uh, extra niched down group that you are maybe, or that the founders were most familiar with and then you kind of grow out from there. I think that's that's perfect. And uh, what you said about reaching, I mean, more than just nonprofits, uh, I forget who it was. Uh, forgive me if it was you, but somebody asked me a very pointed question about why I was using Patreon uh, instead of Give, um, which I'm not using anything right now. But when I set up my um, crowdfunding uh I, I was, might have so, asked you that. <laughs> it, it might have been. And I didn't have a good answer besides like, well, it was just, like I could do it in like five seconds. Um, but I mean, that said, like the the fees, the fees for Patreon favor scaling. I'll just say that. Like uh, definitely favor somebody who already has a big audience. So yeah, um, yeah but we all even of that have is to actually, say that. Yeah. Um, we have a, a customer and a, affiliate who uses give and patreon um he's a musician so he has his tip jar with give and i don't think he set up recurring donations because he wants to push people to patreon for that Mm -hmm. 
But um, I mean, I would even set it up on both options because like yeah. Patreon has a built-in audience. You have your own website. There's yeah. tons of revenue options for creators. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure that I'm the one who asked you that because I think I remember <laughs> that. <laughs> Well, uh, well, in the near future, I will, uh, if I ever roll out like a membership again for the podcast, it likely will not be on Patreon. So Give is going to be a strong contender there. This episode is sponsored by Circle CI. Whether you're on a development team, manage a development team yourself, or you have a business that relies on working software, a good process is so important to making sure you're creating high quality work. Continuous integration, or the ability to check and manage code automatically, can help you and your developers streamline the process in a big way. And CircleCI is here to help. Designed for modern software teams, CircleCI's continuous integration and delivery platform helps developers push code with confidence. Trusted by thousands of companies, from four-person startups to Fortune 500 businesses, CircleCI helps teams take their software from idea to delivery quickly, safely, and at scale. Visit howibuilt.it slash CircleCI to learn why high-performing DevOps teams use CircleCI to automate and accelerate their continuous integration and delivery pipelines. As someone who's worked on big coding projects for big companies with distributed development teams, I can tell you that continuous integration tools have helped us make sure we deliver working code to our clients. It helps instill trust in our team, and it lets our team focus on solving new problems instead of dealing with the same ones over and over again. So once again, learn how CircleCI can help you end your business at howibuilt.it slash CircleCI. As a special bonus for How I Built It listeners, CircleCI is having a virtual raffle where you can win a pair of the newest Sony noise-canceling headphones. Improve your team's processes and enter for a chance to win at howibuilt.it slash CircleCI. That's C-I-R-C-L-E-C-I. And now, back to the show. Well, as we reach the... Uh, end of the episode, I do need to ask you my favorite question, which is, do you have any trade secrets for us? I think I gave you them all. Um, my biggest awesome. trade secret, honestly, is one that half my team like laughs at me for all the time. Um, outline everything. <laughs> Outlining has saved me from so many things, and it makes you realize ahead of time that where you're going with something isn't where you wanted to go. Um, there's just so many benefits and it helps with SEO because you get those keywords and places in the headlines and like, you just kind of have it in your mind before you write. So that way you don't think about it. Um, but outlining seriously is like my secret. That is not a secret. Uh, I think that is a great secret. So that's not a secret because outlining, I outline my course, my courses, obviously, but like, I definitely would benefit from outlining my blog posts as I wrote like two this morning and the direction changed like halfway between writing both of them. Like I just start to I started to write a heading and I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Maybe I should <laughs> actually think about what I want to write first. Um, yeah. So, and then sometimes you'll find yeah. out, oh, this is an entirely another article. 
Yeah, yeah. That is pretty much what I discovered is that I'm like, oh, I like I had a why podcast blog post. And I'm like, this is really like three blog posts, which is great because mm-hmm. I need to I need a back catalog of content because as we record this, uh, my wife is one week out from her due date. So I'll be, uh, you know, preoccupied for a little while. But I want to keep that. I've been really good this year. One YouTube video and one blog post every week. Wow, that's awesome. It's really, it was harder than I thought it would be. But I almost had, I almost had like a great streak going, but I think last week I might have failed at posting on the Give site for the first time in like, since Christmas, maybe. Ooh, that's, that's okay. That's like when you like don't close all your Apple watch rings once in like a two week span. And I'm like, I'm not going to be upset about it. Totally. And it was all yeah. in preparation for like form templates. So give yeah. 2.7. Boom. Holler, check it out. Well, Taylor, thanks so much for joining me this week. Where can people find you? Um, uh, my personal website's a little bit down right now, so you can find me on Twitter or the GiveWP blog. <laughs> um, I'm focusing on a creative writing project, so I'm not planning on revisiting my course site anytime soon. All right. Well, fantastic to learn more about that creative writing project. Be sure to follow Taylor on Twitter. I will link everything that we talked about in the show notes, but just in case you're driving, the uh, your Twitter handle is T Eliza Rose, right? T E L I Z A R O S E. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Again, I will link those in the show notes as well. But for those of you, well, I guess for those of you who are driving, don't go on Twitter right now. But for those of you who are listening and just want to type it in Twitter, there you go. Taylor, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much to Taylor for joining us this week. She talked about a few things that I think bear repeating. Uh, First of all, use the words that your potential customers are using. I think this is so important. It's a, a lesson I learned the hard way. And it's something that I think everybody needs to keep in mind, right? I think the example we used in the episode was uh, only the developer cares what programming language the product is written in. But your audience wants to know how your product solves their problem. Uh, So definitely keep that in mind. Also, doing uh, certain types of content, engaging with your audience and your affiliates all lessons I relearned throughout the course of this interview. So thank you to Taylor for imparting such great knowledge uh, on us this week. For all of the show notes, you can head over to howibuilt.it slash 179. Thanks so much to this week's sponsors. They are Text Expander. Glad to have them back. iThemes and Circle CI. The show would not be able to happen without their support. So be sure to check them out and thank them. If you liked this episode, give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps people discover the show. And until next time, get out there and build something.